Agenda setting conversations of the day. Good morning, 11 minutes after 7 this morning. Well, this morning and, you know, at the moment. In central Joburg, 2,800 households in the middle of probably the most densely populated part of our country are still without water and power this morning after that massive explosion that burst open Bree Street last week. And five days later, still no certainty as to what actually caused the explosion. It's quite a strange thing. I'm sure you've seen the explosion, the video of it. Well, the city manager in the city of Joburg is Floyd Brink. Floyd, good morning. I imagine you haven't had any sleep. (laughs) <laughs> morning, Stephen. Morning to your listeners. I think, firstly, the people who are living there, the 2,800 households, at this stage, do you know when you'll be able to get water and power back to them? You know, Stephen, today I can uh, say to you we've got some level of good news and some level of certainty. We managed to declare the site safe late yesterday afternoon, the complete site, that site. So we are now able to deploy Joba Quarter as well as City Power in. So this morning, Joba Quarter will be moving in to excavate two specific crossings where they will look at 150 millimeter and a 200 millimeter diameter pipes. And those are the pipes that we're going to repair. Those are both steel pipes. We will then probably cut and weld them. On the other side of Sewer, around so number 207 Breer Street, I'm just trying to give you a clear location of where the teams will be. They will carefully excavate that area in order to establish where's the damage. We will then also be sending in our CCTV camera systems through Joburg Water to just inspect that whole main sewer line. Um, So the sewer connection to buildings will be inspected. We are confident that both services, uh, water and sewer, should be activated by midnight. Anything earlier than that will be a bonus, but we can guarantee you that the teams will be will be on site this morning specifically specifically for that. So I think that is the good part. In terms of city power, the same will happen. So the teams work right across the, the, the evening um, at the Breer substation. They managed to energize it now. Um, there's still about four feeders um, that are a bit faulty, so there will be tests that will be done there to find that problem and to see how we can backfeed that. By 10 a.m. this morning, that's the feedback that I've received from the team, we should be able to restore about 60% of our customers in that area in terms of city power. The rest of the others, we will be making an alternative plan to see what it is that the, the fault on those four feeders and how to backfeed them. Okay, so this time tomorrow morning, most people will probably have water, almost everyone will have water, and most people should have power. That is that is the plan. If there's any other changes, uh, depending on what we might be uh, finding this morning, um, because now the teams for the first time will be m- managing to get into the tunnels. They will be able to excavate and remove rubble. Um, so we will be working through and through the day, but we will provide uh, regular feedback. Choba quarter, two, two to three teams will be in. City Power, already there on site as well, as we speak. Okay. And trying to find out what happened, Floyd, I mean, I've seen so many theories. What do you think did it? Look, we can say with certainty it was definitely a gas explosion. It can be anything. It can be seismic activities. It can be anything from a sewer system and so forth. We are expecting our final laboratory results today. And that will give us a clearer indication of what it is. We've always been trying to play safe with regard to pinpointing what it might be. We would only want to work on expert advice and results, you know. 
um, something that's a scientific formula in order for us to provide that information. Okay, so it wasn't Igoli gas. You've ruled them out. Is that right? At this particular point, what we can say is that Igoli gas managed to isolate uh, their whole line and, and ventilated the area. Um, we've also tested for, for ethane in that area, and we couldn't prove, our test proved to be zero. What we can say is the, the technical experts indicated that even in the Igoli gas, in their content, they have about 2% ethane content. So when they tested for ethane also around that area, we, they couldn't prove at that point whether there was anything there. So at that stage, the technical experts then, in, then ruled them out completely because they've isolated their lanes, their, 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 their lines and also they couldn't get that uh, ethane content there. However, we've reported yesterday and I think on Sunday or so that we discovered three asbestos 110 millimeter pipes and those pipes also had some gas in it. So we detected the methane in there and those are some of the, the, the samples that we've also sent through to, to the lab. Just to be clear so that I don't misunderstand you, we're talking about methane and ethane or just methane? Methane is now what we found in those asbestos pipes, and we now need to really understand what it is in there and where it transported that gas to. But we've isolated those pipes as well. Um, it's just for the technical teams to be able to get a clearer understanding. Okay. I've seen some reports that you need more experts, more engineers, more people with technical skills to help you. Is this right? Do you need help as a city? Look, the article is it, it's a bit unfortunate. So so we've got our own skills technical skills and experience in the city but i mean there's there's definitely certain skills that we might not have and i mean it will be wrong to say that we are relying completely on um other experts i mean to to get a gas expert um it's it's a scarce skill and i mean we we then opted for for outsourcing but the, the best part is whoever we outsource to for example for the gas detection or the specialists in gas, they are working with our own EMS teams that are doing the test. So those tests that are being conducted on, on site, it's done through our own EMS people as well. Um, and rebuilding, it's going to be a huge job. I mean, any idea on what the plan for that area is going to be? Yeah, so definitely um, what we can say with certainty as well, it won't just be any form of maintenance and preventative maintenance, but it will be a combination of reconstruction in the area. What we have said is um, it will also give us now the opportunity to be able to benchmark and to learn from the best and see how do we now set up that whole structure. Because if we're going to have tunnels like this, the question is, as we're moving forward, how do we then become innovative? and use technology even when we reconstruct in that area. We will be benchmarking something similar happened in New York some years ago. So we will be looking at that issues of ventilation, manholes and so forth. So reconstruction will be huge. It will take some time, yes. Floyd Brink, thank you very much indeed. The city manager for the city of Joburg. You were there, CFM, 19 after 7. Let's talk more about gas now. Flysa Kani Iangwane is an air quality specialist and a candidate in the Witt School of Chemical and Metallurgical Engineering. He's an expert on gases. Flysa Kani, good morning and thank you so much for your time. What kind of gas could cause an explosion like we saw in Bree Street? Is methane the obvious candidate? 